Lead Generation Strategies for B2B Tech Companies, a podcast by Brightvision. Here, you will learn how to generate great leads from the most experienced B2B sales and marketing people. Your host today, and always, is Jakob Levenbrand, CEO at Brightvision. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the B2B Lead Gen podcast for tech companies. My name is Jacob Lovenbrand. I'm the managing director of Brightvision as well as the host of this podcast. Today we have a very interesting guest with us, Amy Trisher, head of marketing at VHR, which is an international technical recruitment consultancy. The interesting thing with Amy is that she has had an extraordinary run at VHR over the last two years, seeing her team grow from one to seven persons and have won several marketing awards. And is also an expert in sales and marketing alignment since they got that work so really well. So I'm looking forward to have a chat with you around these things here today, Amy. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, it's really nice to be on the podcast. Nice to meet you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, looking forward to it and pick your brain on these topics. But could you start out with uh, telling us a little bit more about uh, your background and what VHR does? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my background is I've worked in recruitment marketing for eight years now. Um, I've worked in a few different companies, um, but I currently work at VHR. So as you said, they're a technical recruitment company. We work across a lot of countries. in the past few years, we've won quite a lot of awards at VHR for the work we do. We focus on ethical recruitment um, across aviation, automotive, engineering and defense and marine. So we place all the engineers and we place a lot of workers between different countries. And um, so obviously you have to look after them. There's a lot of potential for things to go wrong. Modern slavery um, and discrimination is a massive problem across different countries. So we work with our clients and candidates to ensure that everyone's protected. Um, my job in marketing um, is obviously to promote um, all the great stuff we do and to connect with all of our clients and candidates everywhere. Um, we very much operate on um, a way of marketing that is just beneficial for everybody. So we don't just promote us and how we're great. And we really try and involve clients and candidates as well and just kind of, you know, talk to them about the most, the biggest problems in their industry, the biggest problems for them and how we can solve them. Um, and we do a big, we've got a big content focus. Um, so we make a lot of blogs and videos to try and help people, best practice guides on working in different countries, things like that. And a lot of compliance and the law based stuff. Um, so it's really helpful for them when they're working, when they're employing people. Um, we do a lot of, um, we do everything in house ourselves, basically. So our website, our graphic design, it's all us. Um, our PR as well, we write it ourselves, um, all our social media. Um, We've won quite a few awards. We won 20 awards last year. Lots of things like um, employee engagement for our own employees. It's a great place to work. Uh, We're 90 people. We have a really high retention rate for recruitment, which is great. Um, And we also do a lot of CSR. So we do loads of work with different charities, with Youth Employment UK to get young people into um, further uh, to their first job. Sorry, do lots of work with disadvantaged people, getting them into work. Um, So my job is kind of promoting all of that as well as facilitating it and making it happen and connecting all the different people around those things. That's a very cool description of your company there. It seems like there's a lot of things going on at VHR at the moment. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. We're very busy, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. And one thing I know you have done really well as you laid it out a little bit for us 
is supporting your uh, sales team with great marketing, great content and so forth. And uh, what do you think is, if we start from an overall perspective there, what are the key success factors that you see is so important in order to get the sales and marketing to work on the same page and to support each other rather than, you know, ending up in silos and almost working against each other? Absolutely. That's one of the things that I find and I speak to marketing people about and business to business generally. It's so hard to get sales and marketing working together, which is bizarre really because we're the same thing like sales sell and marketing sells. It's just in a different way. So part of working together is communicating that and marketing has to kind of start that relationship and say, look, you know, there's all these myths and, you know, sales teams always think, oh, you know, marketing's coloring in or, you know, I haven't got time to do social media or I haven't got time to do this because it's fluffy stuff. It's like an add on whereas I'm selling and then marketing always think, you know, oh, the sales team don't follow up on leads or they don't understand what we do. And marketing has to really take control of that and go, okay, well, there are all these different problems we have with each other as well as all the stuff we're trying to do in our day jobs. And we have to make it a much closer relationship than if it's ever on. So marketing has to think of sales as their own kind of customer as well and put the customer at the heart of their strategy. So, okay, what are the problems that our sales team has? Um, how can marketing help to fix them? What are the kind of um, the ways we can show them our value? So um, sometimes sales teams will want some things that might not necessarily you know, be massively important to marketing. They might want to increase their social media following rather than engagement. They might want to do a certain campaign because they're really passionate about it. Um, and sometimes um, it really pays to do those things because obviously if you get really good wins on things that is important to sales, um, they will trust you. They'll know that your relationship works. Um, they will then come to you for other things and they'll work with you much more closely um, on massive campaigns that actually drive lead generation and get more customers in. So that's one thing. Um, some of the stuff we did at VHR to drive communication between sales and marketing was um, we went to the places where they already are. So we tried not to ask too much of our sales team in the beginning so that didn't seem like marketing were coming in and, you know, trying to get them all working on something else, taking them away from their job. So um, we went to all the sales meetings. Uh, we listened in on calls when they were happy for us to do that. Uh, we spoke to them about, you know, just a casual chat about what did your clients say in different meetings. Um, and we looked at our CRM data as well to see at the different conversations that our salespeople have been having with clients and candidates. Um, when we went to the places where all the information was, um, obviously sales teams, you know, more happy with us being there and kind of absorbing and learning and we would have kind of natural conversations with them. Because if we just asked them, you know, um, what, you know, what are the kind of biggest things in your industry? What do your customers want? Uh, we're a recruitment company so of course they'll just say oh you know our clients want candidates they need people to fill their jobs and that's obviously true um but there are so many points before they get to speaking with us that they have problems that vhr as a company can help with and that sales people can help with so we have to kind of get information directly from sales people as well as kind of look at all the information that's already there and look at all the places sales people already are um before we kind of dive in and expect too much from them. Um, and then when we kind of got the information and we can get all the quick wins and get them working with us, um, we also have to reinforce the importance of marketing in the company. So why, you know, um, sales is seen as the big, um, this is the place that makes money. 
this is, you know, this is where we should focus our attention. We should put rewards. We should, you know, say a salesperson of the month and we should look at all the money that comes up. And that's all true. But also marketing is as well as obviously driving the brand and, you know, supporting sales. It's a lead generation revenue function. So we have to promote um, how we make money as well to the business internally. So again, treating the whole business as well as sales as our own customers. So exactly how much, uh, exactly what results marketing have achieved, but not only that, what does it actually mean? So say, you know, you've got this many website visitors, this many number of leads or whatever, how much money did that actually translate to? How much coverage have you had in PR? How much engagement do you have online? How much stuff you need to find a way, you know, whether it's um, satisfaction, whether it's actual sales, whether it's, um, you know, repeat business or driving the brand in some kind of way that you can quantify, you need to be able to put that into the language that sales and the wider business understands. Well, that's a great outline of, of the whole sales and alignment process, sales and marketing alignment there. Great, Amy, to hear that. And seems to, you have really got it to work really well. I know communication between sales and marketing is one of the key aspects here. And it sounds like you have a system set up where you have a close, uh, communication and dialogue and I really like your analogy that you see sales as a client to the marketing function that you will support them and also prove your ROI but how does that look like in daily life do you have a weekly meeting with the sales team or is it only the sales manager or how do you set that up in order to to get it to happen okay so we have weekly sales meetings in my company so marketing will go to them we also have these um, kind of morning sales scrums because we work in such a, it's really fast moving because we do a lot of contract recruitment. So it's really fast. So they have a meeting every day. That's about 10 minutes in the morning. We go to those as well. We pick up a lot. Um, we also then have meetings with people from different departments. So when we built that relationship, we kind of, you know, speak to people and gauge how much contact, contact they want with us. If we had a meeting with every different sales team, um, there's kind of about six different teams who are split by industry in their different specifications. If we had a meeting with them every week, they wouldn't be able to do that. They travel so much, um, you know, not during COVID, but they travel so much generally because we're international. Um, they're obviously quite time poor. They want to be able to do a lot. So it's about when when's kind of flexible for them um, and when, however much they want to meet you, um, as well as getting again good relationships with them personally so you can keep notes of things like you know when they're going to a client visit just make sure you swing by their desk um when they come back and say you know how did it go what did you talk about stuff like that so it's a kind of combination of um the formal meetings where they are already and then your formal meetings with them uh, whenever they have time and have to do that and then your informal relationship with them that's fantastic uh, great uh, to hear that outline so that seems to work really well. Uh, another, I know, tricky part in the sales and marketing alignment process where there's been a lot of discussions and so forth, but how have you solved the handover of the lead process for to what, to what level of qualification do you drive the lead and how does the handover look like? And how do you make sure you don't drop leads in the process? That's a good question. Um, I know for B2B companies, it's particularly um, if you're service based as well, like we are, it's really hard um, to track everything exactly through the funnel um, and pass that on. Um, so we, we have certain ways of um, qualifying leads. We had a different process. We had to, again, involve the sales team in that. So, you know, what do you consider 
um, what, what's your like ideal client, um, your ideal customer, what would they look like? And they're saying with the candidates, what do they look like? And then we kind of work back from there. And then we looked at the existing ones that have been brought in previously and said, okay, how close is this? So we had to kind of go, okay, so whatever we think is a lead, we can qualify it. Um, and then we'll send it on to the sales and then they will qualify it. We had to really think about the differences in those and you know what was the point in ha then having a marketing qualified lead and then having a sales qualified lead because there must be a difference, but what is it? And we need to make sure we have you know, the right kind of lead. So in the beginning, um, we did lots of analysis um, on stuff that was coming in currently as well as previous leads. Um, I had a big job when I got to VHR because we're, we're a small company, we're 90 people. Um, but you know, we're a 36 million pound turnover. So we do a lot of, you know, a lot of business. Um, so there was, there was nothing set up when I started, no lead tracking, no nothing. Um, we had no idea how successful marketing was or which things were successful or anything. So we had to kind of start that up from the beginning. We also, um, our CRM system, um, is quite old. So we bought that in 2005 and it's never been updated and we've got something like 350,000 candidate records alone and obviously you know when you've had people working there for um, 15 years from when you've got your database there's so much data in there uh, that needs cleaning um, our marketing system also doesn't talk to our CRM um, because it's a recruitment based CRM it's quite specific so we had loads and di uh, loads of different challenges so we had to really kind of look at data from different areas and cross-reference it we had to come up with um, our own, I guess, bespoke process for dealing with those. And then again, just having a regular reporting process, the sales team. Um, speed's quite important as well with our leads. So once we had a marketing qualified lead, we needed to get it over to sales really quickly. Um, so we had to agree on how we would do that. And then, you know, how we would pass that to somebody if that person was traveling or able to do it. Because across all our different offices and time zones and all the traveling, we have to kind of allow for the fact that maybe um, a lead can't be followed up by somebody and it has to be followed up by the next best person. So again, there were so many different things to work with. And it's just, again, it's about all the communication and we're constantly updating it as well. So, you know, we're learning every time um, ways to, that we can constantly improve the process and we can kind of make our leads better in terms of the content we produce um, as well as how we track them and follow them up. Yeah. Great to hear that. So, so, um, seems like you have got more and more support from your marketing technology platforms and so on in order to to support the alignment of the process do you have any uh recommendations around uh, software that you have chosen uh, to support this process um, so we, I used HubSpot at a previous company and I've, and every time, um, when I started a VHR, I had a, a look around and there are some good ones and there are by all means cheaper options. Um, but HubSpot was really good for what we wanted it to do. We wanted to be able to have kind of as low cost option as possible because obviously we're a small company. Um, but, uh, but we also wanted it to, um, host our website and to have everything all together. So, um, you know, we control our website and we host it on there and we update it because I've got an amazing designer in house. Um, so he does the coding and the design and everything. So it depends um, what's important to everyone. That was really important to us to be able to have complete ownership of everything we do and to be able to see all our analytics in one go. Um, I would love a system that um, integrates with our um, recruitment database, um, but I don't think anything is specifically uh, integrating now with recruitment CRMs. If there is one, I'd love to know about it. Um, that would be really helpful for us. 
Um, but when we couldn't do that, the other most important thing for us was the ownership. So I would say HubSpot's really good. It's also really easy to use. And that was the thing with me to have a team of seven people, including me and including, you know, we had people from interns to people who were experienced and for a couple of years to me. So it was really important that we could all use one platform that we would all, um, you know, use in the same way that was easy to use. And that's the one we picked. It's worked out quite well. Ah, uh, yeah. Great, great, uh, recommendation and review of the pros and cons there that you have found out. So thanks for that. What I know that this sounds really easy now when you lay it out since it's been so successful for you and your team and your colleagues <laughs> in sales. But what I know a lot of companies struggle with this. Where do you feel have been the most challenges for you during these years uh, building this process? Have you been into any pitfalls or have you learned how to navigate around problems that are easy to end up in? Do you have any recommendations for companies not so far ahead in, in the journey and say some marketing alignment as you? Okay, uh, we definitely had lots of challenges. Um, because again, I started in a company where uh, marketing, I mean, my I'm really lucky, my CEO and my COO were so supportive of marketing and they understand the value of it. Due to some of the people in the business, and most people in the business do now, and some of the people did in the beginning, so that was great. Um, but because when I started, we hadn't, you know, tracked what we were doing or shown the value of what we were doing or how it actually aligned to sales and business growth, um, people didn't really understand it and they didn't understand the importance of marketing. So um, it was difficult in the beginning to get some people on board. So what we did was identified those people who, I, you know, I met with everybody when I started. We identified those people who were really keen to do marketing, who'd already done it. Um, you know, some people were really interested in putting themselves out there in their personal brand. So they would do things like, you know, video interviews and they wanted to be, um, you know, the person who spoke on um, panels and they wanted to be the person who photographed events and things like that and interviewed for different content. So we kind of um, arranged our different strategies around that. And some people didn't want to give us as much information. Some people really didn't want um, to kind of, as they put it, spam their uh, customers they didn't want to email people a lot they didn't want to do much of anything so what we did was we picked the people who were most engaged already all the people who most needed help as well some people were you know new at starting in the business and they really wanted to form an internal alliance and they wanted to you know get up to speed with the brand and they wanted to get kind of get their foot in the door and start selling so we identified those people and we worked with them. And again, it was just really close and communication is what do you need from us? How can we help you? Also, what are you interested in doing? And what are your own goals? So um, again, as we're treating salespeople like our customers, because obviously they are, we had to kind of work out their goals. So with our customers, you know, we, we do buyer personas and we know their challenges and their goals and their wants and needs and the places that they look for information. And um, we kind of did that with sales because we were like, we need to know their goals as people. We need to understand them and work out what's important to them. You know, if they, if, if they're not very tech savvy and, you know, they, they don't really get social media um, or, you know, they, they kind of, you know, don't really want to do it, then we have to kind of think, okay, they're, they're never going to be supportive of that in this area. Um, or, you know, we might be able to teach them how to use it if they're really up for it. And we have to really go, okay, so what do, they, what do they actually want to get from this? Do they want to build their own personal profile? Do they want to make loads of money in a certain area? Do they want to look good internally because they're just starting or they're going through it? You know, their market's going through a really difficult time. What are their personal goals? And then kind of, you know, tailor our involvement with them to that. And then that's how we kind of built up kind of mini strategies, I guess, for each of our different markets and the teams that work with them. 
fantastic experiences you got there. Uh, so good that we can learn from your mistakes and, uh, and challenge yeah. there. <laughs> but it sounds like a great strategy to, to hook up with those most aligned with, with the vision where you're going to go. So yeah, great. So um, uh, what would you say is, is the next step for your team and, and your sales and marketing alignment? What do you see coming for the fall here? Do you have any initiatives where you see will be important in order to drive this to even next level or are you satisfied? <laughs> <laughs> I am satisfied. I think it's going really well, um, but obviously you can always improve. And again, with our relationship getting better, um, you can, you're able to do more. So um, COVID is obviously a particular challenge for everybody. Um, mm. We want to be able to use this time um, to kind of learn much more about our individual customer segments, our markets. Um, you know, internationally at different countries and in different sectors to figure out um, what were the problems during this period. And because obviously we work in, you know, employment, recruitment, um, there's a lot of help we can give people. Um, I think it will be a challenge for everybody, um, but also an opportunity in terms of what COVID has done. And it's obviously reshaped the way we communicate and different things that people need. Um, so looking at that, that will be really exciting. And hopefully we can help lots of people in that way as well. All the markets kind of come back after the pandemic as well as um, how can we refine it so currently um, you know we do we're a small business and we're you know we're a growing marketing team um, but there's only so much time we can have in the day so we haven't done things like um, ABM and I want to be able to tailor our messages more so when we've done smaller campaigns like we did a letter campaign um, in Germany that um, we only sent to you know a handful of people and we got two actual clients out of that that was really good I want to be able to do more targeted marketing in kind of the, the smaller scale, but much more conversion. So as obviously my salespeople and marketing teams are more aligned um, and people are, you know, getting results, I want to be able to um, make it even more targeted and use what we've learned from the past few months and, you know, kind of the predictions that have changed going forward and um, to make it even more targeted. And again, to make all of the stuff, all the content we produce much more helpful. So that's kind of, um, what we want to do for the next, I would say, a few months to a year. Yeah, sounds like a great plan there. I'll definitely see uh, many things in, in these areas as very interesting areas to expand upon, of course, and so on. So uh, I'm so happy that we got all these insights from you who are really an expert, Amy, and the sales and marketing <laughs> alignment. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, I really... Uh, think we have learned so much thing I know you uh, are doing talks and you know things like thought leaders do uh, <laughs> participating in podcasts for one example but if people want to check you out afterward the show or read more about your stuff and find your other content areas where can they check you out Amy uh, so VHR, um, our website is v-hr.com. Um, we're all over LinkedIn as well, so VHR Global Technical Recruitment. Um, in terms of me, um, I have <laughs> quite a unique name, at least um, in Europe, I think. Um, so if you Google me, you can find me um, on LinkedIn. I think I'm the only person I've ever found with my name. So if you find me, if you search me on LinkedIn, um, then you'll be able to find me. I'm there. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, thank you so much, Amy. It was great having a chat with you and I'm so uh, thankful for you sharing your time with us and uh, our listeners. So 
Thank you so much for that. And good luck with all your uh, great work at VHR. I really hope uh, to hear more from you in the future with more success stories and uh, insights from what works. It was great to speak to you. Thank you very much. And yeah, hopefully it speaks soon with lots more success stories. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Lead Generation Strategies for B2B tech companies. Don't forget to subscribe. You will find it where podcasts live. Discover how we can help you with your lead generation activities at brightvision.com.